Hello and welcome. My name is Rima and I started this podcast for two reasons. One was simply because I wanted something that encouraged me to sit down over coffee or tea or whatever and have a conversation. Although I'm aware of what's happening in everyone's life thanks to social media, it can be months and sometimes years before I actually reconnect with certain individuals. So this was a way for me to enforce that commitment to myself personally. And the second reason I started this project, which is what I'm calling it, is because everyone I know has something valuable to say based on their career or lifestyle or where they're at in life right now. And I thought, why not share that? So this is about reconnecting with friends, meeting some new ones perhaps, and sharing some insight along the way. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this podcast will be done remotely for the time being. I do look forward to the day where I'm able to meet with friends in person once again. Thank you for joining. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the last podcast of Chatter and Laughs for 2020. I wanted to end the year with an interview with some of the teachers that I know. With everything that's happened this past year with the pandemic, I do feel that teachers have had to adapt so much over the year to ensure our children are still being taught. And so I wanted to use this platform as a way to celebrate and recognize them for their hard work. So with me today, I have four teachers, um, a combination of family and friends. I've got my sister-in-law, Laura, um, my friend, Laura C, we'll call her for today, my husband's cousin, Callie, who's also my cousin now, through marriage, I guess, <laughs> and my good friend, Lisa. They're all teachers, and I'll let them give you a bit of a background on, on their position and what they teach. Um, so first of all, we, before we get started, thank you very much to all of you for joining me on the very last podcast uh, for Chatter and Laughs. Very excited to have you on. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Very excited to be on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Laura... And uh, I'll start with you and um, maybe tell me about your teaching journey, how long you've been teaching and why you decided on this profession. So I have been teaching since 2001. Um, I've been teaching either grade seven or grade eight for the last 19 years with a couple of years off for having my children and taking some time off. I wanted to be a teacher, uh, specifically grade seven, grade eight, because I had an amazing grade seven and eight teacher. Um, and I knew it really, I'd say by grade six, grade seven, that I wanted to go into the teaching profession. I felt that she was such an engaging teacher and really connected with her students. And um, I still go see her now, time to time. Um, so I really, that's what pushed me into teaching. And then um, I knew I wanted to go with the older grades, um, not so much high school. I do have my high school qualifications, but I wanted to be with seven, eight, not younger, um, I just didn't feel that would fit my personality. So um, I literally, I remember when I got hired, I didn't know if I wanted to take grade eight and everyone's like, oh, everyone remembers their grade eight teacher. And here I am still teaching intermediate, but I, I really enjoy it. Like I, I can't see, one time I was offered a, a four or five and that just like made me super nervous because I wasn't comfortable with that age level. I like um, to have more of a rapport with students that I can have like, um, I tend to be sarcastic and dry humor sometimes, so it's easy to work with them and play off with them that way and um, connect to them more that way. And because um, I do sports and teams, I just wanted to be with students that I could feel more engaged with and that they responded back to me in a positive manner. And so far I've had, you know, knock on wood, many good years, of course, some bad years, but overall, I thoroughly enjoy it. All right, Laura, stick to the seven and eights. 
<laughs> yes, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. All right, Callie, how about you? Tell us about your teaching journey. Very similar to Laura, for sure. I would have to look back on my ESS, but I'm pretty sure I'm in my seventh year of teaching. I've been able to teach alongside some of my teachers, which has been weird, but cool at the same time. One of my first LTOs was at my old high school, actually. So pretty neat. Weird, actually. Pardon? That would be kind of weird, teaching yeah. alongside your previous teachers. Yeah, so I always nicknamed my teachers anyway. So it was like I was just talking to a friend when I went back. But um, yeah, it was definitely, an, it was interesting. It taught me a lot and it was cool because I was comfortable there, right? Mm -hmm. um, so learned a lot there. Um, and I decided that teaching was my profession of choice because of, like Laura said, a group of teachers that I had. Um, high school was like a second home to me and some of my teachers treated me like I was their family, which made a huge difference in my life. Um, and I wanted to be that for others. School was a comfortable place for me. And so it seemed only natural to create that space for others in my own career. Um, and yeah, similar to Laura, but opposite in a weird way. Uh, high school is where I got to be. Uh, the younger kids don't understand my sarcasm. Um, so I've taught nine through 12. I've also taught grade eight because the, that high school that I went to, uh, now is gone, but I taught leap there, um, which is a transition year for the grade eights coming into grade nine. Uh, typically they're low on, um, uh, numeracy and literacy. So that it's like trying to bridge the gap into grade nine. So I have taught grade eight, definitely a different group. Um, I'm sticking with the, right now I'm teaching all grade 12 and it's like my, it's my good spot. I like grade 12 a lot. You drive, uh, with, you drive with the seniors. Yeah, I drive with the seniors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They can take me coming at them. I they can come at me and yeah. So grade 12 is my sweet spot, I think. Okay. Um, and Laura C, I mean, I know your journey is different, um, was different into teaching. Maybe you want to explain how you, you got to be a grade one, two teacher. Yeah, so definitely quite a different journey. I sort of joke that I avoided teaching my whole life. My mom was a teacher, my dad was a social worker, and a lot of my like younger, you know, high school jobs were like camp counselor and running arts programs and like working with kids. And I always loved them, but I always just thought, oh, this is just what I'm doing now. And I followed a completely different path and I went um, and studied uh, communications and I worked at a public relations agency. I was about eight years into my career and I sort of joke that teaching came and just ripped me at my ankles. Like I, I liked my public relations career, but I just found myself working so hard and so long and I was exhausted and I just felt like there was meaning missing in some of the accounts and the work that I was doing. and. It, I just kept going back to, well, what work did I love and what did I enjoy doing? And, you know, it sort of steered me right back to teaching. Um, so I pretty much like got into a program and had to leave my office job one day and start this program the next day. It was like a last minute thing. It was the scariest step I ever had to take, um, but absolutely well worth it. And the program I did was right in the city and it was focused on inner city teaching and social justice work, um, which is what I've focused on for my entire teaching career so far. And I'm quite passionate about that. So I've sort of found, you know, my niche within there and 
it was pretty crazy though because the year that I started uh, or I graduated teachers college, you know, there was no jobs at all. So it was, I think 2012, I graduated. And for two years, I all I could do was work at an after school program that didn't even pay enough money to pay my rent at all. Um, so I Again, actually went back to public relations. And Rima and I actually did some work together during I that remember. time. And I was sort of figuring, oh my goodness, did I make a huge mistake? What's happening? And uh, so it was a hard road for me to get in. And I finally did get hired. And again, it was, I literally was working Friday at my PR agency and I was sort of back and I was invested and I had awesome clients and I was actually loving my work at the time. And then I pretty much got an LTO contract and I had to start on the Monday. I, that was the choice I had to make. So I just cut all the ties and I walked away. And so it was, look back. yeah, look back. so I, um, I did a lot of LTOs all across the city from kindergarten to grade eight and grade eight was always what I thought would be my sweet spot. And I worked for three years at a social justice focused arts-based school. Um, and I was just surplused from there last year. And so now I'm teaching grade two, three at a school that's right in my neighborhood and I'm actually really loving it. So yeah, I feel like, I feel like, you'd be great, but like I was intimidated by that. <laughs> yeah, I could so. see you being good with little kids. Yeah, you, you get to be really goofy and silly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely unconventional path. <laughs> thank you, Laura, for for that um, background. And then now, Lisa, Lisa, you also have an interesting journey into teaching. I've also worked with Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you were you were pretty much at the start of my my broadcasting career. So um, I went to school for broadcast journalism, and I thought that was it. I I I loved it. Um, you know, took on a few roles, production work, was on the air, um, and it was fun. It was a blast. The pay was not not great, <laughs> and the stability was was definitely not there. Um, so it was definitely it was an adventure working in media, working in broadcasting. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was just yeah, like something was missing, and I I, I definitely needed some sort of stability in my life. Um, and um, I have a lot of teachers in my family. <laughs> um, but but coming out of a, a college program, I thought, well, how am I going to get into teaching? Um, it's not a job really where you would come out with a uh, diploma and, and go into teaching. Um, so I actually became a tech teacher, which is different from a traditional teacher. I went to um, my degree is in technological education. Um, so they took my years of experience in broadcast journalism and used it towards uh, qualifications for me teaching communications technology. Um, and that's kind of how I started. Um, I, I never, I don't know, I always I found myself in like teaching positions, whether I was training people on software, um, teaching them how to use equipment. Um, and that's why my cousin kind of pushed me and it's, it's, I now looking back, it was kind of a natural progression into the world of teaching, but definitely something I didn't really set out to do. It, it was kind of a surprise thing. I, I mean, like, I'm not 
a risk taker. I'm not an adventurous person at all. And um, I got into Queens and I moved to Kingston for a year and I lived in minus 25 degree weather through the winter <laughs> and and drove on ice like I would drive there three hours and back it was just it was such a it was such a weird transition um but uh you put yourself out of your comfort zone that's what you did absolutely um and the school that I actually started teaching at is the school that I am still at and so I did my practice teaching there in 2008 and I am still there um still teaching tech now um i've gotten qualifications so i teach hospitality which is amazing and so much fun i actually kind of like it a little bit better than teaching communications (laughs) um just because it's so much more like creative and there's i don't know you get a different different student in in hospitality and it's it's a life skill and they love to cook and they love to eat so it's a lot of fun um, I can totally see myself teaching more of the hospitality than the communications technology. Um, I also teach um, grade nine tech, which is kind of an engineering course. So it's a lot of building. Um, so yeah, never thought I'd be here, but it is a whole lot of fun. Um, and like, I really met some really cool students throughout the years. And now I'm kind of at that stage where i bumped into students who are adults and married and having kids and I'm just like whoa have I been doing this for this long Uh, but it's fun it's a it's -hmm. definitely a fun career Uh, you can you know make it as fun as you wanted it to be and and you can you can get creative with it Um, especially I find with tech like we do a lot of different projects and a lot of the times we do like the crossover projects so I'll find another teacher and we'll do like a construction hospitality project or I'll do something with drama or like communications I did um, I was teaching communications and hospitality at one point so I had my co- communications kids come over and film a cooking show with my hospitality kids and I was like this fun. is awesome <laughs> yeah so it's like stuff like that that really makes working fun mm-hmm. yeah well thank you for that Thank you all of you for for telling us a little bit about your journey and how you got into teaching and and why you're still teaching today. This year has been a pretty tough year. There's no question it's been challenging for everyone. And uh, teachers are definitely in that category of of frontline workers, in my opinion. And I want to know what has gotten you through? Like what's helped you push through to teach despite the constant change and juggle of your environment going from remote to in-person to remote to in-class masks and sanitizing constantly? I mean, it's been such a circus uh, for me as a parent. I can't even imagine what it is for you as teachers. Um, So Laura N, we'll start with you again. You have the floor. Okay, so um, if I would say what has got me through, I have fantastic colleagues. I think that makes a huge difference. Like my teaching partner, um, she's more of a control freak than myself, so it works that she's always willing to like lend a hand and um, we get along really well. I think that makes a big difference because we get to all lean on each other. And then I think it's just honestly, it's learning to balance your, uh, for me personally, my home life with my schoolwork like I could let schoolwork consume me like all day all night and that would do nothing for me and so really helped me is um 
I do 30 minutes for myself every day. So uh, I do that by exercising. That helps me get through it and gives me my, like, because I feel during the day I have no time to myself. Like, because I have a hybrid class, I'm always constantly making sure, like, have I put everything up line, online for them, um, checking that everyone has everything, marking, doing this. So I'm finding, like, even though I'm not doing any teams, I still don't have any time to myself during the day. Like, I'm eating lunch at my desk, and my students are, like, doing stuff at recess because now the kids never leave the classroom before they used to leave for music and stuff like that. I'd have the class to myself for 40 minutes. Now I like have, I never have the class to myself because they're always there. So trying to find time for myself. And I think people who aren't teachers um, have a hard time understanding like there's, they're constantly, it's like they're constantly around you because that's where you are. You're with 21 kids in my class all day and then I go to Rotary so I find having time for myself at the end of the day with nobody around me has helped me so I have like my time um, and honestly my colleagues have been great my administration is really good so that's helped me a lot um, and yeah just learning to juggle and realize certain things can't be done like I can't um, I, like someone once said, you have to remember you're also like, for example, that I have kids that I have to put my own kids too. I have to do stuff for them. I can't put other people's children ahead of my own children. So I've learned to balance that and realize certain things, just let it go or else it's not going to, and things will work out in the end. And they do. I think I just overanalyze things at night all the time. Like I'm constantly like, like I think of like how I wrote an email or how I, I spoke to someone or how like, and then I realized the next day, they didn't even think about it. And just, you know, I make sure, you know, that I put myself and my family and then it, it makes me a better teacher that way, I find. Mm -hmm. so. And I, I know all about Laura's 30 minutes to herself session, because <laughs> when we were away on our family uh, getaway, I did those 30 minute exercise sessions with her. Yes. <laughs> yeah, hardcore. Yes. But they're good. It's good, like just to just call them it. relaxing in any way. No, they're good for me. It's like my endorphins, like you know. And then yeah. I take a nice shower. I drink a tea. I relax, yeah. and then I'm good. And so yeah, that's helped me. Yeah, that's helped me. So thank you, Laura. Yeah. Hopefully, you your husband is also being supportive. Yes, he is. I mean, he's your brother has been awesome. And honestly, working from home, him working from home has helped significantly. So mm -hmm. yes, good, Callie. Tell me. What has gotten you through? <laughs> Am I through? I don't know yet. I still think there's time. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, again, I agree with Laura. I'm a big overthinker. So I'll be laying in bed. I saw a lot of nods in the call. Like we're all thinking the same, right? Um, it's been, it has been tough, but I would say the one thing that has gotten me through is the kids as cliche as that sounds, it's the reason most of us got into the career and stay in it. Um, so being able to see the students strive to develop and whether it's, you know, this year's weird online or in person or that mixture of both masks, um, it makes it all worth it. So like I said previously, I'm lucky to be teaching all grade 12 English this year, which I understand totally might be a nightmare for some. Uh, Love English. <laughs> There you go. Yes. You can come in anytime you'd enjoy it. Um, but for me, uh, it brings a lot of eye-opening discussions. I hope for the students, but definitely for myself as well. Uh, so we've gotten into a lot of great discussions about what's been happening around us, especially since the pandemic. 
and the amount of like active participation not at the beginning it was like quite quiet because there are, it's like almost very militant now right they've got their masks on uh they're in rows normally my classroom is set up in groups so they can chat amongst themselves uh so it took a little while to get them there they had to get to know each other a little bit more get to know me more um, but the amount of active participation and care that I'm seeing from the students makes me super hopeful for our future. And again, right, it's the reason why we got into the job is them for a lot of us. Uh, so mm -hmm. even despite the pandemic happening and everything that's happened since the pandemic, students continue to be overwhelmingly resilient and hardworking. And um, it, the cool thing as an English teacher, the discussions we get into, I get to see how they continue to seek out different perspectives through talking to each other and myself. And that's what pushes me to continue working through the challenges for them. And so if they can do it, we can too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, despite it being tough. Yeah, that's a great attitude to have. Um, okay, Laura C, what has gotten you through this year so far? Um, <laughs> So far, we are definitely yeah, so far. not there yet. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's it's been a struggle for me. I'm not gonna lie; it's been pretty tough. Um, I have my daughter who is 18 months old, and it was her first time going off to daycare, like when school was starting, and no one really knew how safe it was, and you know, so that was a stressful thing. And the the week that I was starting my job at my new school where I didn't know anybody at all, like hadn't even met anyone and I'm teaching a brand new split grade for the first time ever. Um, I found out that I might be surplused and lose my job again and have to be virtual teaching. And um, and then that same week we found out my partner lost his job. So it was, it was a pretty hard September. Um, and I think just like, I think September, it was just adrenaline and coffee and just, you know, knowing like, I gotta do this. And I think I think it was Halloween was like the turnaround point for me. Like it sort of, we had sort of just been like sprinting forward, not knowing what's going on. And, you know, there was just constant like shift of information and it was very stressful. And, you know, I'd sort of been tepidly planning things and not really putting my full self into anything, feeling like we're just gonna go online at any point. And I think, you know, by Halloween, it sort of started to settle and it started to feel better. And I had really just focused on trying to build a positive community for my students. Like I wasn't even, I mean, I was teaching, but I wasn't so concerned about what math unit or, and I was really trying to build a space where they felt comfortable, where they felt happy, where they felt good about coming to school. And I think, you know, we had sort of finally established that. and. Ironically, I started to feel all those things like once, you know, that had been put into place for them. And, you know, like Callie said, like it's it's very cliche, but it's, you know, when you see your students thriving and happy and like excited and like, you know, thrilled to come to school and excited about whatever projects and activities you're doing. Um, I think that experience really fed me a lot. And I, I think that was my turning point that I could settle in. But um I definitely family support at home was huge. It was sort of, it's been wonderful having my partner off work because he manages a lot around the house and I don't know how we would have done it otherwise. And um, I, I typically am pretty big into exercise and meditation to sort of manage my own mental health and stress. And ironically, my 
exercise went out the window, but um, I have been meditating quite regularly and I meditate with my students daily. And I started a meditation group with my teachers and some of my colleagues during lunch. So that awesome, really have helped, but um, it's been hard. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's, it's been a tough year for me, but um, yeah, I, I feel in a good place now, <laughs> but it took me a bit to get there this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been hard for everyone. And I think sometimes um, people forget that teachers are, are human too, you know, yeah. um, and they, they're struggling with the same things that all of us are struggling with and they have to teach and they have to, uh, I remember when the um, Rhea started going to school, Jazz is, is, was doing online learning, but I would see these teachers with smiles on their faces, despite the masks on, like you can see, like they're, they're being positive, they're trying to smile and, you know, they, they've, they've got a positive energy for the students. And I think to myself, they're struggling just as much as all of us. And they're doing their very best to not project that on their students. Um, so, you know, that's the reason I have you guys on this podcast. You know, you deserve to be, you deserve to be recognized. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Lisa, tell me, how have you gotten through this pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and laugh <laughs> it's fun to laugh um it's been it's been a challenge um <laughs> like some of the ladies said <laughs> um yeah are we through it yet um no yeah, we're not it's been it's been it's been a big challenge and i think um having supportive co-workers has been i i've I don't think I could have even gotten to this point. They like, I I'm blown away like at how some people just stepped up to just help me because I was sinking. <laughs> um, so I'm so thankful for them. Um, and I really um, like the meditating that, that Laura was talking about. Yeah. Like definitely uh, an important thing. And I, I've really come to realize how important talking about mental health and taking a mental health break and and like I'm now I'm just coming up with ideas and things like just this year the focus is having students feel comfortable and at ease and enjoying the class I don't care if we're not going to get through all the cur curriculum and I really like normally I say that but I'm such an A type that I'm like no 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 I need to get this all in you know like by the end you're just like I gotta check off the boxes <laughs> you know but um you know, Lisa I, was the first person to send me a Christmas card this year. Yeah. <laughs> um every but, year uh, actually, I yeah. think <laughs> I try, I try. We do it in November. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really trying hard to take that stuff back and and um and look at different activities that I could do in class. Timeouts, you know, a five minute break, a moment even a walk around the school, um, a two laps around the school, if it's a nice day, you know, it's, it's anything just to have that, that breather that I think we all need, because I realize that I'm not breathing. I'm not breathing halfway through my day. I'm realizing that I'm not breathing. <laughs> and I, and I really need to stop and, and take a moment to take some deep breaths, because I need it. So I'm like, if I need it, they need it. So it's just thinking about how can I kind of put a relevant meditation into today's class? How can I add in something that will just 
you know, that that's not all about the work and more about them. Um, so I'm, I'm realizing how important that is. And I, I really want to try to continue that as best I can. It's harder when you're not with your students. I, I really like to have that connection, especially because I teach hands-on courses and they get more out of it too. Um, it's really hard online. So mm-hmm. I mean, if we're online for the next little while, it's, it's going to be, I, I'm really going to have to try hard to just kind of get those little moments and breaks and activities in there. For all of us, for all of us together. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I I can't, I can't imagine how how you are able to teach tech and um, hospitality remotely. Yeah, it'll be of... the it'll be the Lisa cooking show. I think. Right. <laughs> I I haven't spoken to the other hospitality teacher because normally there's three of us, but there's only one teaching this quadmester. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, so we'll figure it out, but I, I have a feeling it's, it's going to be me in front of like, I bought myself a little tripod, <laughs> I myself a little light for my kid. Cause that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Lisa cooking show. Um, I don't know. It'll, it's interesting. It's like, I'm constantly thinking about how to form this and how to put this together so that they get something out of it. And just like, you know, all of you guys just thinking about things all the time. Like, how do I how do I put this together so that they I'm not giving the information, but they're learning the method. They're learning the technique and I'm not saying the technique outright. And they're learning from how I'm doing this and the method. Oh, it's just yeah, it's constant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I will say from a from a parent's perspective, I mean, I know that um, many of you are parents as well, but I I have to say I'm. I'm actually quite impressed with how the teachers are um, able to connect with the students remotely. I mean, Jasmine was doing, um, is doing SK. And I thought when this all started, I thought, I mean, how, how are these teachers going to engage these kids remotely? These, you know, 20 or 28 or whatever kindergarten kids remotely. And I mean, just like everything else, you know, you have teachers that are more comfortable with remote and some that aren't, some that still need to adjust. But I, I mean, I, I feel that it's better than I thought it would be. And I do think that I want to say like they are getting something out of it, despite you all being in bed at night, stressing about things like they are getting something out of it, whether it's in person or remotely, it's happening even a little bit. Which is all you can ask for in 2020. <laughs> Laura, yes. Yes. What is something that surprised you about your students this past year? Perhaps something that they have taught you? I would have to say, um, first, I'd have to say that, like, some, I can't remember, sorry, which lady teacher said that they're resilient. Like, they, they missed. Callie, I think, be, Callie said they missed being in class. Like, when the students came in September, they're like, there was just like an air where everyone was like, I haven't seen people in like so long. I haven't like they hadn't seen people. Um, I think just that they wanted to learn. Like they just wanted to be and see like a teacher in front of them. And because a lot of them didn't that other model, you know, wasn't ideal. I think for ideal, yes. Um, so they wanted that experience and it was just like their thirst for knowledge like they just wanted to learn things and I guess like actually have discussions with like everyone as opposed to like through a google meet so they were able to for us to all discuss things and I just think what surprised me is that they 
a lot of them missed learning in class. Like you could just tell um, they just missed that one-to-one contact with myself or I, although like we couldn't get the full experience because we have no sports teams and we're not, we're in rows and we're in masks all the time. I think it surprised me how much they had missed then how much I missed it. Like I was just like, Oh, I just love being in the classroom as opposed to virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to build a rapport with them that way. And like you mentioned, Lisa, it's better to teach things that way when they could see it, like, like right there in front of you mm-hmm. or when you're doing questions and you could split off into little groups and have them discuss things. So I would say that surprised me how much, how many of them had missed that and wanted that like learning environment back in their lives, like that they had missed that type of classroom environment. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and they're just how some of them just, I'm just amazed at some of them, how like when I read their answers, how some of them have thinking, their way of thinking of certain things and how they uh, articulate that. Um, and just how some, I have some really creative students, like seeing their creative work is just, I'm like, wow, it's just, it's amazing for me to see that. So mm-hmm. that's what I think. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. Uh, Callie, what is something that surprised you about your students this past year? Perhaps something yeah, that and I feel you. like I'm just going to say this every single time. I agree with Laura. I think that um, it's just been so nice. To, it, it's like kids actually appreciate you this year. They appreciate coming into school. Normally, they want to get the heck out of there. Um, but they want they want to be in school more, right? I have to kick kids out of my classroom. I'm like, what's happening right now? Like, this is Twilight Zone. They hate me. They're running for the door. (laughs) But um, yeah, I would say taking it a little bit to the other side here, I, one of the biggest shocks for me, actually surprising, shocking um, is the amount of mental health issues I'm seeing, uh, which is super concerning. We all talked about just now how tough it is on us, you know, and we're a full adult. I don't want to say ages, you know, um, but we're full adults in this group. And, you know, I'm dealing with uh, 16, 17 year olds who are losing their prom. They're losing their grad. They're losing their last year of sports that they've played for three or maybe two because of what happened in the spring. But um, they're losing a lot. Um, and although super resilient, they use those things for mental clarity and a break from school and home and uh, their jobs that they have. So really we're all struggling with our mental health in one way or another during this pandemic, but I just think that it's been very eye-opening this year, um, seeing what the students are dealing with and how a lot of them are dealing with it okay, right? Like we all are, but um, I just, I feel an increased need to check in with students very regularly and. Uh, I think it was Lisa was talking about the content versus wellness. Like, it's not like we're throwing content out the door here, right? We still have a curriculum, but reality is like, doesn't matter if a kid's not okay, right? They're not learning if they're not okay. Um, They've been super resilient with changing platforms and the learning structures and everything that's being thrown at them. Uh, But we all know that there's a lot more going on. So even before the break, my students, again, grade 12s, their university and college applications and they're trying to keep up with school. And so I said to them, you know, no homework. We were trying to do it as a full school, no homework over the two weeks. And I have kids saying like, 
but can I maybe just hand it in on this day or this day? No, I want it done before. So you're not even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they want the marks. They want to do the best that they can. And, uh, they're pushing themselves so much that they're not understanding. And again, it's hard for me to understand sometimes as a teacher balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't, they're not necessarily taking their own mental health into consideration. Um, so seeing for me as a teacher and as a human being, just seeing them through this is a reminder that we all need to be actively working on our mental health every day. And um, like a few of the ladies said, taking time for ourselves and finding new ways to connect to this podcast mm-hmm. um, and to ensure that we're monitoring ourselves, but also our students, at their health each day, uh, not just when things are tough or things are stressful, but to maintain and make sure that uh, they're finding balance and not being too hard on themselves. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, mental health has been definitely pushed to the forefront this year. Thank you, Callie. Uh, Laura C., what is something that surprised you about your students this past year? And was there something that um, they perhaps taught you? so definitely, I experienced a lot of what, you know, Callie had mentioned and also Laura about the idea of resilience, but also, you know, the contrast of the mental health uh, challenges going on. When in the first round of virtual teaching during the pandemic, I was back from my mat leave teaching um, grade seven and eight math and science virtually um, to students that I'd, I'd met the grade eights before, never the sevens. And I was just... I was really struck by how you know much that it had affected certain kids and other ones would rise to the occasion were totally resilient and okay. So I think I sort of went into it with my grade two, th- threes thinking like, oh my goodness, they're gonna be so stressed and they don't really even understand what's going on. And I was just amazed at how like happy and you know just excited and you know encouraged they were to just be at school and like with their friends and like, you know, maybe some levels of stress somewhere, but I was sort of amazed at how how little I had to sort of really, you know, worry about that aspect and, you know, going down to the primary grades. And, you know, it comes out in different ways. It's not as, you know, they aren't able to like name their emotions as clearly, or, you know, it might come out in like how they're you know, playing or tasks they're avoiding. But um, I, I was really impressed and surprised at how happy they were at school. Um, and I'm amazed at how well, like we've figured it out and that they're working together, they're playing together. I mean, they're not even allowed to play with other kids at recess. They have to like, they're in their cohort all day in the classroom. They go out at recess in their little zone. They're only allowed to play in their zone with those students. And they have really made the best of it. They all play games together. I mean, yes, they fight. Yes, conflicts arise, but I'm, I'm actually pretty... I'm, I'm pretty happy with what a positive community they are. And starting from day one, I, I wasn't sure that that was gonna be the case. So I, I'm pretty impressed. And I think that as adults, we, we can learn a lot from them and you know from their attitude and ability to adapt so quickly. I think um, what surprised me was seeing how well my students adapted and how, excited they were to just do any crazy or wild idea that I have. And I think that that has taught me to sort of put a lot more fun into my teaching. I think it's easy to get carried away with, as I think Lisa, you said it, like ticking all the boxes and making sure you do everything. And it's really easy to go there. And 
this year I've sort of allowed myself to relax into sort of, you know, let's, our community is more important. Our, we're safe, we're healthy, we're happy, we're having fun. Yes, we're going to learn something, but, you know, let's make sure that, you know, we're creating a positive space first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's interesting when you talk about how um, the younger kids, they just, they surprised you in terms of how positive they were in, in coming to school and, and how um, content they were with their limitations. You know, yes, they only have a certain cohort that they're, they're with or certain, you know, kids that they can play with and certain items that they can, they can play with, but they were happy. And I, and I always think about, you know, there are countries that are going through such difficulties, like there's war zones and, 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 and different environments where there are children in those environments as well. And I feel like children um, need each other. They, they gravitate towards you to, towards each other. Um, and, and in, in whatever situation it is, they seem to somehow find this common denominator of fun. Totally. Right. Um, and, and I and I and I think that sometimes it doesn't really matter what is going on around them. They just have this this magical way about them, especially little little kids, to shut that out and just focus on, you know, their friend that's in front of them that wants to kick a ball, right? Um, and it, it's nice to see, and it is a, a reminder to us sometimes as adults to just to learn from these little kids. Yeah, I've actually been super grateful that life sort of handed me this, you know, lot that I've ended up in a lower grade and I've, I've been really enjoying sort of, you know, the magic of childhood mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. experience. I think I'd forgotten that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Lisa, what is something that surprised you about your students this past year? Uh, perhaps something that they have taught you? Um, I'm totally playing off of of Laura as well and I think everybody kind of said a little bit of this they really they really were happy to come back to school and I it's it's I I almost thought well you know being home and struggling for those months was actually a really good thing because they really wanted to come back I mean even for my kids being home the, you know it's it's something it was like we don't have to go to school you mean we're home every day um, but, but going to school was such a, like this glorious thing for them. Cause they're like, well, we can actually be around other people again. We can actually see our friends. Yeah. We have to wear masks. My daughter's still not happy about that. Um, but, uh, being, being around other students, their age, really, it was something that they were really, really happy about, um, I was relieved just to be at school, just to be with students again, because I, again, teaching the hands-on stuff, it's really hard for me to teach on, like, on a screen, because you don't get the full, the full experience of it. And that's the whole idea behind tech education. It's experiential learning. It's it's being in that experience and, and having the opportunity to um, have these hands-on experiences with um, tools of technology and, and, you know, like even making something, um, it's really hard to do that when you're not with them. So it was the appreciation, the level of appreciation of coming back and, and being together and, and learning, um, together in the same room. Thank you, Lisa. 
no problem. <laughs> Laura. Yes. <laughs> the pandemic changed you as a teacher forever. Uh, what will you be taking with you for the rest of your teaching career? From this I think for, for this, I think what we had just said, like learn how to say no to certain things, um, and realize you can't do everything, and you can't be everything for everyone. Like you have to uh, realize sometimes, like we had just because what we said before, sometimes the curriculum isn't the most important. It's about just building like a relationship or a sense of community in the classroom. How sometimes I used to before be like the other ladies had mentioned like oh, I gotta do this I gotta teach this this and this and sometimes really like I think that's what ch has changed me that it's okay if I don't teach or check mark everything for math or for example like I teach geography and history and there's so much to do it's just like they don't need to know every single detail like and it's okay which has been hard for me because I type a personality i have to make sure i get everything done and i realized okay you know what it's not so much common theme here <laughs> yeah it's not so much important anymore so i think that's how it's changed me as a teacher forever it's not important it's not so much important that we get every single thing done but are they like if we're on a point or like on a discussion just go with that like you know we don't need to go to the next one or make sure i get they know the next important point or fact or statistic or landform region but that, you know, it's okay to say no, it's okay to let things go. And that, you know, teaching is not just so much, it's not so much always just about the teaching aspect, but about teaching community building, teaching, like mental health, teaching them that it's okay to ask for help, or that it's okay to have a bad day. Like, I, and I think we need, um, as a profession, but as education system, we need to place more emphasis that on mental health because still people have that mental health stigma. Mm -hmm. And I think I, it has changed my approach in that, you know, we have to get into it more with students of understanding their understanding of their own mental health. Mm -hmm. So especially, that's especially in the, in the older, like I mean, just getting yes. that more and more, I mean, starting it's, young too, but, but yeah. And also just because they're two at their point, like, you know, grade seven, eight, that's when they're hitting puberty and there's mm -hmm. a lot of changes for them as well. Uh, for particularly for girls, right? So they're going through a lot. And, and if they don't have an open relationship at home to talk to anybody about that, they have no understanding of what's going on with them. So just having making them feel more comfortable to have open dialogue, I think, is more important. Mm -hmm. So that's what Thanks. I'm going to take away from that. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. Callie, ha has the pandemic changed you as a teacher forever? What will you be taking with you for the rest of your teaching career? Rima, that's a deep one. <laughs> They're all deep. Like, I think um, as Laura was talking, like, I'm nodding my head. I'm agreeing with everything she's saying, like, hands down. Um, I don't know if the pandemic, and again, it's not over yet. So who knows what it's going to do. But I'm not sure that it's changed me, like, at my core. Um, but there are definitely things um, like mental health awareness, like Laura talked about, we've all talked about. Um, and like, I will be checking in more often. It's, it's tough to check in with students each period, like in a normal year, you've got 32, sometimes 36 kids sitting in front of you. You know, you are trying to get through some of the curriculum and checking in with them, like a well-being check every day is like kind of impossible, but I'm definitely, um, I will, I will try to more actively do so uh, in the quads or the semesters to come. Mm -hmm. um, 
with that being said, I think the pandemic and what has been happening in our world during the pandemic has definitely been very eye-opening in regards to our learning systems that we currently have in place and uh, where we as boards can definitely do better. Uh, we touched on this like with equity and the wellness piece. My board is pretty progressive when it comes to those things, but we always have room for improvement. We can always do better. Uh, so I think moving forward, I, I will continue to speak on behalf of students at school level and when it comes to these things. And I just think, yeah, it's it's been very eye-opening what's going on in our world, what's going on in our community, what's going on in our schools. Um, and so to raise awareness about that, I'm definitely going to be way more of an active participant when it comes to that, mm -hmm. for sure. Thank you, Callie. Laura C, has the pandemic changed you as a teacher forever? What will you be taking with you for the rest of your teaching career? Um, I, I will agree with both Callie and Laura about the mental health piece. I think even prior to the pandemic, that's always been a big priority for me um, within my teaching. And as Callie said, I think that the pandemic has just exposed a lot more and you know brought a lot more to light, but also on a positive side allowed us to sort of have that language and created that space where, you know, I, I was thrilled in my board that, you know, in our training session, they handed us this document called like the first 10 days guiding us on how on earth do we teach the first 10 days of our pandemic. And it was a hundred percent focused on mental health, well-being, like, you know, togetherness, community. And that just made me so encouraged to think that the direction of our education system you know, we're, we're getting some things right. And I think, you know, after this, like, there will be a lot of learning that we can all share. And I think we're still pretty deep into it. So it's hard to even really know. Um, but um, I, I think, yeah, the, the mental health and also keeping in mind the equity pieces and knowing that our students and teachers are all coming from different places um, is important. So I think with that in mind, like the idea of gratitude and appreciation has been a big thing that's come up for me this year. And, you know, as we all talk about letting go and not, you know, overstressing about different things, I think also allowing priorities of like, hey, I'm here, I'm healthy and, you know, I have a stable job and I'm, you know, my students are here and they're happy to be here. And, you know, we're, we're in this country where we have an education system and just really sort of, you know, acknowledging, you know, all the things that we do have, because it's very easy. And there's a lot of things that have been taken away from us this year. So I, I think that piece is a really big one that I'm going to try to you know, put into not only my own personal life, but also into my classroom experience. I think, you know, gratitude can be a really powerful thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think uh, on a selfish note, uh, but not really, I think prioritizing myself because I certainly let that skid off the rails in September and I, I hit hard. So I, I really did learn that, you know, uh, having a, healthy and well-rested and relatively sane teacher is pretty critical to having a happy classroom where you learn <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, remembering to not put all of our energy into our classrooms and, and put some back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Thank you, Laura. Lisa, has the pandemic changed you as a teacher? What will you be taking with you for the rest of your teaching career? Um, <laughs> 
teaching teaching the whole student and not just the curriculum um the idea of gratitude and mindfulness and how important that is and how making that part of my day but making that part of my classroom uh, not worrying so much about all the little things and and not having to check off every single box all the time um, and it's hard because I've been like that for almost 40 years that's the way I am and mm -hmm. it's it's hard to it's hard to change that when when you're it's just so embedded in your brain Mm -hmm. um, but I do, and I, I realize how important it is to not like focus on all those little things. Um, like I'm trying to tell myself worrying does not resolve anything. Mm -hmm. And, and it's so easy to say, but it's really hard to actually accept and deal with and work around that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny. I, I keep saying I need to put it on post-it notes and stick it everywhere so I can see it uh, because I'm a total worry <laughs> and then check it off check it off check it off yeah. <laughs> worrying does not yeah. resolve my issues yeah. <laughs> but you know and it, it, it is easy to say it but it isn't easy to do it so it's working on that mm -hmm. thank you Lisa Laura what advice do you have for individuals who are in teacher's college right now or who just came out of <sighs> teacher's college and are about to take on a new world of teaching? A new world of teaching. Um, I'm going to, first thing I'm going to tell them is that um, you'll learn more in your first year of teaching than you ever will in your teacher's college program. Um, I feel like, yes, you can learn a lot of things in the program, but being there is completely different. Like, and you have to develop your own teaching style mm -hmm. everyone has their own way of doing things their own teaching style um I remember my like the grade eight teacher that inspired me she said you have to develop your own teaching style um you have to learn how to um build a rapport with your students and um and also like if you can like um I would say if you could teach abroad if you can like uh, for I, I thought me too when I taught abroad I thought it was a great wealth of knowledge I learned and just being in a different environment, seeing another country, like, has their education system. So I would say if you could to do that. Um, to, I had one teacher always tell me, like, don't bring home, like we said, a marking. It, you could take, like, 100 pieces home. But really, are they all of value? Take what you think will give you value of their learning. Like, take what's important. Like, she used to say to me, if you could take one thing a day. If, like, you know, because really taking five pieces of math isn't going to change. Like if, if they got the first piece, taking four more is not going to do anything. It's just going to make you feel overwhelmed. And to realize that constructive criticism, which I find hard to take, um, is there to help you to grow and be a better teacher. And to realize that, you know, the first year, I remember like staying up all, like trying to reinvent the wheel or do things. But taking five pieces of math isn't going to change. Like if, if they got the first piece, taking four more is not going to do anything. It's just going to make you feel overwhelmed. And to realize that constructive criticism, which I find hard to take, um, is there to help you to grow and be a better teacher. And to realize that, you know, the first year, rely on your colleagues, ask for help, because that's a big thing. I find a lot of times I didn't ask for help when I should have. And then I felt overwhelmed and just learned to rely on things and try different things and realize like 
I'd be teaching a lesson and in my head I'd be thinking, this is not working. They're not getting any of it. I've completely screwed this up. And I was like, <laughs> and I've done that. I'd be like, okay. And then I'll go back and go, okay, guys, we're going to try it this way now. And learning mm-hmm. that I make mistakes and that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And for students to see that you make mistakes and we learn from them because mistakes is how we grow. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. Realize that you're going to fall, but just get back up and, mm-hmm. you know, keep going. All right. So that's what I would say. Yep. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. Callie, what advice do you have for individuals who are in teacher's college right now? Again, echoing Laura, we do make mistakes. (laughs) Uh, And that's truly, though, in all honesty, that's where you learn, right? You are going to learn the most in that first, second, third year of teaching because you're going to try and you're going to fail and you're going to get back up and try again. So Mm -hmm. um, if it's something that you really want, be patient, Uh, make sure that you're bringing your authentic self to the classroom every day because they definitely know when you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, Be kind to yourself, be kind to the staff around you and especially be kind to your students because you never know what's going on in their lives. Uh, And then number one, I think work to build strong relationships. Like people, like all human beings, for the most part, students value and respect people trying to get to know them and understand them. Um, So get involved in as many things as that you can around the school, whether it's clubs or sports or whatever it is. Uh, But don't overwhelm yourself. Make sure to take time for yourself, for you, and to try and find a balance early on in your career. And when you do, please call me because I'm in my seven and I still haven't found it. Uh, So if you come up with a way to, please let me know. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you, Callie. Laura, what advice do you have for individuals who are in teacher's college right now? Um, Many of the things that Laura and Callie said, of course. Um, I think my personal philosophy that's helped, and I think it was said in different ways by both Callie and Laura, but just remembering that it's always people first. Um, Teaching is not about a giant book of curriculum that some government tells you is what everyone needs to know. It's you are a human in a room with other humans and you know in your interactions with them you need to think about you know what what is it that they need what's going to support them what's going to you know spark their curiosity and their you know what's going to drive them to want to learn and i think as kelly said you know bringing your authentic self to it is really sort of what sort of unlocks that i think when you're trying when you get hung up on all the small things that's when everything else becomes harder because you're not teaching with your own heart and your own passion. And I think within teaching, like you really, there's so many different avenues, but you need to find what feels right for you and what feels good for you. And you have to remember why you're doing it because if you don't connect to that, you will, you know, burn out, you'll exhaust yourself. So I think it's just learning what drives you. Why did you choose this crazy and wonderful profession? And bringing that into, you know, whatever you're trying to do every day. And I think that that passion, if if you've got it, that'll feed your students um, as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and with the whole people first philosophy, that's also other teachers. And I think the collaboration piece is huge. I don't think I would have survived this year. Um, coming to this brand new school where I didn't know anyone and the people that, you know, are in my grade level team and my primary team have just been so incredible and we have such a supportive community and 
Um, and same with the parents, you know, just sort of remembering, hey, the parents, Rima, <laughs> you know, they're I all the supportive <laughs> It's true. But it's, you know, it's easy to sort of think like, oh, I don't know, the parents, are they going to like what I'm doing at this? And just remembering we're, we're all people. We're all just trying to figure it out and just being sort of, you know, honest with, you know, where you're coming from and talking to people like they're people. I think that's probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Laura. Lisa, what advice do you have for individuals who are in teacher's college right now? Um, the beginning is a challenge. And if you really, really want it, then you got to keep keep working at it, right? Especially now to get a teaching position. Um, but you're needed. You're needed. So in the meantime, do the best you can to find your niche, find what you love, find your comfort level, and just go with that, work around that, find the things you like to do and, 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 and try to work it into your classes and try to um, get the kids to connect through the things that you connect with. And, and yeah, and if that doesn't work, because like you all said, we make mistakes, try something else. Um, but yeah, the collaboration bit is big. Like if you can find somebody who you, you know, have a good relationship with and get along with, um, teaches the same things as you and is, and is able to sit down and collaborate. That was my saving grace. Um, I had great people in my department. I had, um, I still have an amazing teaching partner that's been with me from day one and uh, like we know each other and we play off of each other and we work with each other and, and sometimes I'm lost and he's got an idea and I just go with it. Like, and he, he's just, you know, totally blown away because sometimes he jokes. He's like, ah, I just have to give it to Lisa and she'll do the rest. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like forming those positive relationships with your coworkers that help inspire you to develop what you teach in your classrooms. And, and, and I like, I feel like once that, that comfort level is there, then, things become a little bit easier and you could take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's hard going in, you know, like first year, first day and, and you just want to do everything, right. You, you want to do everything and you want to be successful with everything. And, and sometimes that's hard and you fall flat on your face and you fail, but it's, uh, it's important to know that, that you can try again and, uh, you can find something that you connect with and, and once you connect with it and then your, your students understand that you're so passionate, then that's how that initial connection with your students to what you're teaching happens. Does that that's make sense? When the, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> that's when the magic happens. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, is there anything else I wanted to add? Um, it's it's been a tough year and i think that at the end of this we're going to look back and say wow we did it mm. and we're going to be able to say i learned a bit i learned a lot um and i think those experiences are are are, are going to play an integral role in moving ahead mm -hmm. i think i agree no i agree with that just from a parenting perspective absolutely yeah, from parenting and teaching, mm -hmm. both both sides. Yeah, Laura C. Is there anything else you wanted to add? 
Uh, I think my big ad was thanking the families and the parents. Like it's been a wild ride for teachers and we haven't always had all the information and, you know, we haven't been able to give all the families and parents information. And I think I know my families have been very forgiving and understanding and supportive and wonderful. And I've really felt that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's important for us to remember that we do this job because we care and none of us chose the situation that we're in right now. Um, it's, it's a hard year, but we're all just doing the very best that we can. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Laura. Callie, was there anything else you would like to add? <laughs> um, yeah, Another deep here. question for you. Oh my goodness. Um, mirroring what Laura said, like huge thank you to the families, to the admin staff, all staff in the school, especially the students. Um, like she said, you know, we've been, we had stuff thrown at us last minute and they've been so flexible and uh, communicating as clearly as they can. Uh, so a huge thank you to them. And and to you, Rima, for having us and giving us this space to collaborate and meet each other and chat and, you know, just repeat what each other has said a few times. <laughs> Thanks, Laura, for that. Um, but yeah, a huge thank you to you because, like you said, you know, you are very supportive of the education system and for teachers. And I've seen that as your family and from a teaching perspective. And so that's something that helps us a lot. Uh, well, you're welcome. With you in our corner. So thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, was there anything else you wanted to add? I, I would just say that, you know, it's been an unprecedented year. Like, you know, um, really without the support of, of staff, colleagues, families, knowing that, you know, sometimes we're told the same time as everybody else. So it's like, we're just almost like we're flying by the seat of our pants trying to figure things out. And that, it's a learning curve that things, you know, let's hope they get better and, you know, we can come back to some kind of normalcy, but just to keep growing and realizing that things will change and hopefully we just adapt. And, and they, someone said to me, if you can't, if you don't have flexibility, you'll never make a great teacher and just learning to be flexible and just realizing that things will change and that's okay. We just got to learn how to be, I've learned to be more flexible and let things just, you know, slide and things will happen with the way they'll happen and like as you said lisa worrying about it is not going to change it like i'm thinking of like next week <laughs> I'm like oh my god how am i going to do this with my two kids around me my husband working downstairs but really i mean now like you know before school you start to get all nervous and stuff so now the last few days i'm like oh my god how am i going to make this happen it'll happen we'll <laughs> figure it out so just realizing things will figure itself out yeah so yeah well, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for the four of you. I mean, like I said, I just I just felt like the last interview of the podcast, I really wanted it to be with teachers. I wish I could interview all the teachers that I know, but it's so great to have even just the four of you. And I hope that whoever's listening um, is appreciating everything that you've said and has taken something from it. And um, we'll have an appreciation for teachers as well. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for the podcast. Thank for the you. Last podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.